0: <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at points paint. You can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. We got Ben Wittenstein with you. Zach Badgerhouse always in the house. Anywhere on social media, you can find us. We appreciate people following the pod, giving us a rating, reviewing, and leaving voicemails at our voicemail line. We love the points in the painters. We love the listeners, and uh, we're just very excited, Zach. We got media days today going on. Basketball is back. We got live basketball on television in the next couple weeks with preseason coming up. This has been a very short off season, not as short as last season, but very short because basketball is almost back. Yes, it is. I think your Chicago Bulls play as fast as Sunday first preseason
2: yeah. game, and so exactly. yeah, they're just they're just around the corner. You know training camp is well underway right now oh, yeah. day you know it's getting underway so we've got a lot you know to graft into here in the next few weeks and I'm pretty excited man I don't know about you but I'm pretty excited it was short like you yeah. said offseason was short but yeah I'm still still excited for it to be coming back around
0: I am too i I think this is gonna be uh this is gonna be a lot of fun we have some things I've got some ideas we can do for some basketball <laughs> betting too if we wanted Uh-oh. to so I think it'll be fun but for this week, it's our Brooklyn Nets preview. And we were fortunate enough to talk to Keith McPherson from Talking Nets Brooklyn, on Twitter, Brooklyn, John Boy Media. Um, he just, you know, he was great. He's, he was. He's, <laughs> that, so. we since like
2: to New Jersey though. Know, since oh, New yeah. Jersey. See, he took it back for us and that's what I appreciate. He brought up my man's Vince Carter. I was, I was, you know, appreciative of that. You know, he he brought it back and that's a true Nets fan. If you can go all the way back, I mean it's not too far away, but if you can go back to, you know, the New Jersey Nets days with the J Kid, and that's what he kinda alluded to, Vince Carter.
0: Loved it. Carter, Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd, you got Gerald Green thrown in there. I mean, that was that was fun basketball to watch. Yeah, fun
2: moments, definitely.
0: It was it was great talking to him. He has very high hopes. Um, when we asked him a bit about that Bucks Nets rivalry. So that was a lot of fun. So this mm-hmm. is our Brooklyn Nets preview. But, Zach, just quickly, because this concerns us and the podcast, because you know how big Michael Porter Jr. fans we have been throughout the couple <laughs> of weeks that he's been on the Brooklyn Nets. We had him as our yes. most improved player of the year last season. Yes. That didn't pan out because Julius Randle had just Stole the up. craziest season. Yeah, Um <laughs> he was almost in the MVP conversation. But Michael Porter Jr., Zach, getting... The bag. He's getting the money. He's getting a five year extension up to two hundred and seven million dollars for Michael Porter, Jr., a guy who averaged nine points a game two seasons ago. He averaged 19 last season. He's looking to improve every single season from here on out, it seems like. But this is a lot of money for Michael Porter, Jr. and, and, and the Denver Nuggets to contribute to him.
2: You know what people people are asking me that right now. You know, people are have been asking me, how how do you feel about him getting all this money? And I'm like, well, I'll say this. Does he deserve two hundred million dollars? (laughs) Well, that's hard. (laughs) That's a lot. But I probably would have aimed somewhere around one eighty. I probably would have gave him one eighty somewhere around there and probably for four years instead of five. So So the money probably would have evened out somehow.
0: Yeah, well, the the thing that they were talking about is I guess this deal is worth 172 million. If he reaches the max criteria, he has to make one of the three all NBA teams this season. So okay. if he does that, then I think it can get to 207 million. But if he doesn't do that, I think it goes back down to 175, uh, 172 million. So it's within your area of acceptability, I
2: guess. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, like, you know, that's around the ballpark I think he should be around. You know, what is it, year three, year four now for Michael Porter Jr.? Like you said, 19 points. And he the sky is only, you know, he can, he can only get better, right? And he, the opportunities are going to come there, too, being because there's not going to be a uh, Jamal Murray that's going to be there in the lineup for them. And so that's going to give him more opportunities to actually develop his game in-game, you know, have those in-games situations both offensively and defensively so we'll see what happens with the bag man
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting and and he is the most confusing player to me right because he has the dynamics he has the body frame he has the the talent to be arguably his ceiling really realistically should be top 15 player in the nba that should be his absolutely the way that he plays with his size he's a terrible defender he's gotten better but with his size and wingspan He should be a great defender. And with his ability to shoot the three-point ball and his ability to attack the basket, like he should be the complete package. He is not the complete package right now. Yet, Yes. And (laughs) that yet is like – there is a big asterisk on that yet because I I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. It depends how much work he's going to be putting on in the offseason and and how much of a role he's going to get next to – jokic and jamal murray and you know he's technically like the third string guy on that team and he's getting paid like a superstar so it'll be interesting to see how he develops with this team and they certainly need him on the offensive side of the ball they need his ability because jamal and then jokic sometimes just can't do it themselves so it's interesting they are really betting on him to be something special i don't know if i would have done that i don't know if i would have given him that amount of money as much as I love him, he hasn't shown the ability to be that day in, day out superstar that you give that much money to. But they they might see something we don't see. I don't know.
2: Well, you know, his good friend Trey Young, he received a similar amount of money, you know, two hundred million dollars over the summer. Worth and so it. yeah, yeah, definitely worth it. And so I think that'll just give him the opportunity to try to show the rest of us. You know, NBA fans that he is going to be worth that amount of money because he's going to hear the criticism about how he's not worth that amount or he doesn't play that well on defense. Like he's going to hear the negativity re- regarding him getting his contract. And so I think that's going to put a chip on his shoulder to actually prove to everyone that he's able to, you know, produce at a high level on both ends of the floor. I think that defense you're looking for, I think he'll be able to, um, step up defensively next that's season. Awesome. I think so.
0: You should hope because he's got that, he's got those long arms and he's got yeah, a big you got the frame. frame. You know, he he should be able to guard four positions at a time, um, and he struggles to guard one sometimes. <laughs> so he definitely has some room for improvement. The Nuggets are are betting on that he will improve throughout the next couple of years. Still young, still a young guy. So I have high hopes for him. He's a fun player to watch, um, and and he got the money Zach. So you can't really argue with that. All right, let's go to our interview with Keith McPherson from Talking Nets and John Boy Media, fun guy to talk to, lives and breathes and dies, the Brooklyn Nets. And yes. Fun things to say about uh, the rivalry with not only the Bucks, but the rivalry with the New York Knicks, too. Mm, so mm, mm, here's Keith McPherson.
2: We want to welcome a guest on the Points in the Paint podcast all the way out there in New York. Let's welcome social media manager, podcast host, talent for John Boy Media. And today we will be talking everything Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets in the house. We want to welcome Keith McPherson on the Points in the Paint podcast.
1: Hey, yo, appreciate y'all having me on. So professional. you asked me for my time weeks in advance we put it on the calendar we on skype i ain't been on skype in a
2: minute so i know right (laughs)
1: hey like i said appreciate y'all having me on let's get it let's talk about whatever y'all want to talk about and hopefully uh that falls within my expertise and my knowledge and we can have a good conversation around it
2: oh yeah no doubt so i mean first thing you know, opening uh media day was today what were your thoughts on the media day for the brooklyn nets
1: Man, I uh it's funny. I I could have been at Media Day, but um my Talking nets Twitter account got banged for some DMCA violations. Oh um, no. you know, like you know when they suspend your account and they give you a warning? Well, the way they did it with us, they flagged our account for like twenty different posts. We used to put up uh Pop Smoke. Team is Brooklyn. Mm. We used to put up Pop Smoke Dior Dior. And have KD when he was in the tunnel dancing with the Warriors, Kyrie when he was dancing in front of the kids, like that was our celebration video. They bagged our account, so we could have got into media day. And I actually was looking at it because you know we've been been covering the Nets the last two seasons, and media day is always the kickoff. And you know I made some contacts in the Nets. We could have got in there, but you know Twitter is our biggest platform, so we couldn't cover it. I watched it today. I watched it on Yes. I watched all the Nets beat reporters and Nets Twitter folks and Nets Daily and all these different guys that were, were in there, um, you know, ask questions. Obviously, you had David Letterman leading it off, yeah. trolling KD. And, uh, I know a lot of people didn't know it was David Letterman. I didn't know it was at, at first, but I, I was like, damn, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. <laughs> He's a New York legend and they had him in there in the Barclays Center and supposedly KD's going on his show. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the big news to come out of media day is, unfortunate, my guy. I don't Kyrie. know if y'all can see my jersey. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. it's big enough for you for you to see my jersey. I'm a Kyrie guy. And yeah. Kyrie said he didn't want to be a distraction. And, of course, we come out of media day and he's the biggest distraction. But he wasn't alone in that. Um, I just read some quotes from Bradley Beal. We already know about Wiggins. I think Kuzma has something to say. Uh, NBA media day turned into NBA COVID vaccine day and finding yeah. out who wasn't vaccinated and who had feelings on it and who was trying to get exempt and these other things. So uh, I would say the NBA isn't probably pleased with how media day went off, but uh, for fans, we're pleased because this means it's the start of another season. Uh, the off season flew by, and we're about to get right back into it.
0: So as what happened with the, net, with the Warriors like, what, four or five years ago where they had everyone on the team, KD and Steph, and they had the – the full lineup, people started to, to not like them It seems like it was kind of the same way with the Nets when they got the big three going on. So what we wanted to know was what's the case that you can make for people to find this year's Nets team likable and fun? Uh, what, what part of this team should people enjoy?
1: Oh, man, I, I can go on forever. Uh, let's let's go back a little bit. So I'm from Jersey. Like I started repping the Nets in NJ, you know, <laughs> and I'm also That's a, a Yankee pass. fan. You can, see, you can see the Yankees stuff and, you know, being a Yankee fan and being a Nets fan are completely different experiences growing up. The Nets were always the, like, losers, sucked, you know, obviously when I was, like, 13 or 12, we, we went to a couple finals, but, you know, the last, like, let's say last five years um, before this past year, the Nets weren't a team that anyone was looking at as the favorites. Now we're the favorites, and even last year we were the favorites, but we came up short, so... The moniker for this season is unfinished business. LaMarcus Aldridge said he came back because there was unfinished business, right? Bruce Brown said there was nowhere else he was going to go. He wanted to re-sign with the Nets because there's unfinished business. KD came up two inches short of ending the eventual champs' seasons, the Bucks. So, like, unfinished business. That's how you get behind this team because the Nets franchise has only been in Brooklyn for nine years. We were in Jersey, in the swamps, in the Meadowlands where the Jets and Giants play, and it was quiet for us. And the Nets organization moved to Brooklyn to be in a bigger market, moved to Brooklyn to attract better players. And now all of that vision, all of that planning, all of that moving and hoping and dreaming and building has now come to light. And we have the most ridiculous roster any Nets fan has ever seen put together on paper and we have a team that we know could have won it last year, led by the best player in the league. And then arguably James Harden, a top five, top 10 player right behind him. And Kyrie, if you, uh you know, if you read the ESPN trolling um rankings that they put out, they put him at 20. But in my opinion, Ky- Ky- Kyrie is top 15 in the league. So, yeah, you got the big three, but then you also have a lot of characters on this team that people can get behind. You can start with Blake Griffin. He's the biggest jokester, the biggest character. And uh, the biggest joke he played was people thinking he couldn't dunk. And he says that he felt good last year, but coming into this season, he feels even better. And I think that's after training with the Brooklyn Nets medical team. They got one of the best training staffs and medical teams in the world. And then when you look at guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, this guy had a heart condition. His heart stopped. Like He had to quit his basketball dreams last year early. Well, he was able to get the right medical attention, figure that out. Now he's coming back with the Nets. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap was late to sign. You mentioned the Warriors being the villains. Uh, I thought he was going to go to the Warriors. We did a couple podcasts where I'm like, uh, they can have him. But he decided to come to Brooklyn because he wants to win a championship and he knows that there's unfinished business here. We got young guys that you can get excited about like Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's going to take a step this year. Everybody yeah, like was talking about Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp in, in summer ball. Will they even get minutes? We don't know, but they're gonna they're gonna rock in camp, and if they're needed, they will step up. Patty Mills, like I could go through a whole lineup of guys and their stories and how they've come together in Brooklyn for this next Nets team, and we'll we'll play the villains. We'll we'll be the bad guys if you want us to be. But really, this is just unfinished business for a franchise that has been trying to be a contender, trying to get to the top of the mountain for years. We went to -to back-to-back finals. We lost to the Lakers and Spurs. We got Vince Carter. Vince Carter couldn't get us there. And now, fast forward all these years, we finally have the superstars. We finally have the talent. Don't let me forget Steve Nash in his second year. He's not a rookie anymore. In his second year, I think he's going to be ready to make the right decisions, rotations, Call timeouts and lead the team. So uh, to get behind the Brooklyn Nets, you just got to realize that this is a, a a story of the underdog becoming the top dog and now going to finish their business.
0: Do uh, do injuries worry you at all with this team? Because it's something we saw be an issue a bit last year, um, and obviously those those big three with Harden and Durant and Kyrie a little less Kyrie, but those he has some had some injury history. I mean, those guys are not getting any younger. So how, yeah. how do you see them? You know, are they gonna like stagger minutes? Are they gonna maybe take some some resting time? How do you think injuries are gonna be an impact for this season?
1: So I said we have the most ridiculous roster that any Nets fan has seen on a Nets team. We got depth on depth now. We've got two benches of guys that could start in other places. We have two benches of guys that could play on other teams. Um, We're trying to figure out if Joe Harris is gonna be a starter. Joe Harris is the best shooter in the league. Yeah, I know Steph, but when you look at the numbers and his made threes. (laughs) Joe Harris is really like oh. that. Yeah, he <laughs> went cold in the in the playoffs, but like he's looking for revenge, unfinished business, revenge season. Um injuries don't worry me now. Did they worry me last year? Of course. Cuz when okay. we traded for Harden, we got rid of Karis LeVert. We got rid of Jared Allen. We got rid of Torian Prince. You know, we got rid of Rodion Kuruts. That's four guys Some that were guys. depth for Ooh. one guy. And then, you know, everybody in New York is like, Oh, you guys mortgaged your future. Really Knicks fans. Oh, now you got no debt. <laughs> and that's what came to bite us when we actually got to the postseason, when we got to the second round of the playoffs, right? Jeff, um, Jeff Harden. Why, why was I going to say Jeff Harden? James Harden. Well, let's start with Jeff Green. Jeff Green. There you go. Jeff Green broke his foot in the Celtics series and he came back and was robbing to KD's Batman. When KD had that game where he went off, Jeff Green put up 27 points. We're not expecting Jeff Green to, to put up 27 points. No. Then you get into the Buck series, and game one, Harden comes up lame with a hammy. It's like, oh, no, nah, here we go. We can't, we can't get the big three together. The, the quote I had on talking Nets, I said, the universe was not ready for a healthy big three. We could not get them on the court for more than a couple games. The, the first real games they played together were in the playoffs. That's high level basketball to be playing for the first time healthy altogether. And then game four, Kyrie, you know, Giannis is underneath him. He comes down, lands, sprains his ankle. So Kyrie is completely out. Uh, I was at game five. Harden, I knew Harden wasn't right because I had seen him warm up a bunch of times. He, like, champed it through his warm-up. Everybody starts cheering, and he gutted it out to play. But that man was on one leg. So, really, it was just KD versus everybody. And when you look at that Bucks team and the size and the veterans and the skill and the defensive players on that team, KD almost beat the Bucs by his damn self. So, I'm not worried about injuries this year. We got depth. We've got guys that are that are veterans. we got guys that are going to come off the bench, give us minutes. I'm not even worried. If Kyrie wants to miss the home games at Barclays or if Kyrie wants to fight and get an exemption and keep fighting it or whatever, take some time off, we're cool because we have the depth. We have so many good players right now. I don't know who's making the team and who's getting cut in San Diego. It's going to be an interesting week of camp.
0: You talked about Steve Nash, and Steve Nash, personal favorite player of mine. Love the guy, and I thought he's actually been a pretty good coach for the Nets. What's your belief in him, and is he like one of those coaches that you see as, you know, he's a good place marker to to start this kind of young Brooklyn Nets team and to have these guys come in? Or do you see him as like the guy that's going to be able to take him to the top of the mountain multiple times a year?
1: Okay, well, I was a Kenny Atkinson guy. Okay, because I watched Kenny develop guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis Levert, Jared Allen. I watched him teach these guys some tough lessons. I watched him, you know, work with these guys that nobody wanted. Um, He also came in around the same time Sean Marks came in. He came in with no draft picks. He came in with no superstars. We got D'Angelo Russell for a little bit. But like as D'Lo, like with Nash, we were following the NBA model, right? Like Nick Nurse, like Steve Kerr. You know, fire the coach that couldn't get you to the mountaintop, and put in some new energy to lead the team, and then they'll get it done, right? Steve Steve Kerr got it done in his first year. Nick Nurse got it done in his first year. Uh, they unseated Mark Jackson, and now I can't think of can't think of the Toronto's coach before. Um, oh, it was Dwayne Casey? Yes, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. So that's what I felt like we were doing. I'm like, oh, they're, they're kicking Kenny to the curb because these guys don't respect Kenny, right? Uh, they kicked Kenny to the curb before the 2019-2020 season was even over. We went and beat Boston in Boston with Karis Levert and Chris Chioza, and they ended up firing him two games later. I'm like, it was already planned. So when they when they hired Nash, it was a splash hiring, right? Steve Nash, oh, shit. Everybody loves Steve Nash. (laughs) He's in a Nelly Furtado song, like, deeper than basketball. Like, everybody knows Steve Nash. If you want to sell tickets and you want to make some noise in New York, you got to do something like that, even though Steve Nash had no head coaching experience, which brings me to my next point. When you're put in the fire, and I watched every Nets game, there were definitely times where I'm like, Coach, call a timeout. Like, yeah, that oh, was what I was doing. Dead. Like, you have the power dead. to stop this run. They just went on a 12-0 run. Call timeout. There's also times where certain guys were on the bench where I'm like, oh, get buddy in there. Like, we could use a big or like such and such is tired. Get him out. Like, yo, let let, let this dude shoot. The other guy's cold. Where well, I feel like in your first season as head coach, you might not know the players well enough or the game well enough to have those rotations. And don't get me wrong. He had Mike D'Antoni to his right and he had Jacques Vaughn to his left. D'Antoni's out. Jacques Vaughn stayed, but I expect Steve Nash to be better this year. I think this will be the real year. Like, like he's he's always getting props for you know his basketball IQ, of course. Yes. And him being such a cerebral guy, but I think he's going to take the step. And you know, and, and a likable guy, everybody loves Steve. But I think he's going to take the step this year to being like an NBA coach. And I want to see some more emotion out of him. We only really saw emotion out of him when. uh Trey Young was drawing fouls, backing into defenders, you know, and we got the whole, that's not basketball. I was like, okay, good. Something is pissing Steve Nash off because he used to do that. So he was watching Trey Young do it, and he was like, I don't like that. But I think this is the year that you see, right, he's been around these guys now for more time. He's been in organization more time. He's got last season under his belt. This is where you see Steve Nash actually like compete with some of the other head coaches Um, like Monty Williams. I love I love when they show like the inside tracks and they they show him talking and how he goes about his business with his team. I'm like, I want Steve Nash to get more to that level. But then at the same time, he's on a team with a lot of veterans, with a lot of all stars, gold medalists, guys that he does not have to overcoach. But when I when I say he'll take that step as an NBA coach, I expect you to be able to see on the TV the way he's talking to the refs, the way he's doing his rotations, the way he's calling times that time out. I felt like last year he was kind of a deer in the headlights at times. Like, coach, you're not you're not a fan watching the game like you can impact the game. Coach, help us out. You know,
2: yeah, that makes sense. And so you mentioned Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. And so, what teams in the East do you really believe will challenge the uh, Brooklyn Nets outside of, you know, the reigning champions, of course?
1: Not the Sixers. <laughs> God, they're a mess. processing. Yeah, they are. A forever, mess. forever processing. Um, <laughs> for the Hawks, the Hawks do scare me. Um, not because not. I mean, so this is why the Hawks scare me because Trey Young was able to get them get them to the point where he did last year, and I don't think anybody came into the se- the season expecting that i don't think anybody expected them to get to the eastern conference finals and if he was able to do that last year he's the type of person like he's got such a chip on his shoulder he's gonna expect to get to the eastern Final uh, conference finals every year now and they got some more talent around him. they drafted some guys and like that's his team now like the hawks do scare me the-, the knicks don't scare me at all they just went and got uh two celtics that i hated and kemba walker and Evan Fournier, I cannot wait to beat the brakes off the Knicks and sweep them again. Like that's not even a question. Like I, don't, I think they're going to take a step back this year. Uh, the Heat. The, everybody's been asking me. Obviously, you, you guys said the Bucks, but I said the Heat because their organization has a championship pedigree. They have a culture there. They that's have a, cool. uh, obviously Pat Riley in the front office and Eric Spoelstra coaching these guys and Jimmy Butler leading these guys. You throw Kyle Lowry in there and some of the other moves they made in free agency, like. They're loaded, and uh, you know they, they did it two years ago. They were able to figure out how to get to the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. If they stay healthy, uh, with Bam Bam gives us hell. So if, if they if they stay healthy, I think they could be some problems for us in the East. I think it's between the Nets and the and the Heat, but it's really it's the Nets world. It's the Nets conference.
2: How? Oh, wait, I, I got one. I got one. B.A., because he's he's putting the Miami Heat over the Milwaukee Bucks. Why is that?
1: Um, they, they lost, um, PJ Tucker off his linebacker, the one that was tackling KD. Um, <laughs> and then after, like, so like, I, I feel like, all right, and, and I'm a conspiracy theorist with this. I was actually in Milwaukee right before the series. Like, I went to a wedding. I, I saw to, those
0: pictures.
1: I went to Milwaukee. <laughs> I disrespected their shit. I was out there, like, putting <laughs> stickers on stuff. Like, we were up to, 0 I was, I was feeling myself. Oh no. <laughs> but, like after a championship like that, teams usually take a step back. They lose some players, and then I don't want to say they settle, but they do settle because they get to the top of the mountain, and then it's like, what else? The Bucks have been trying to get to that mountaintop. And the NBA finally found a season where they could help manufacture it. And when I say help manufacture it, Giannis was in the Barclays taking 14 seconds to shoot the free throws, and we were all yelling and screaming, and it was just allowed to go down all series. I'm like, they helping their MVP go get his chip so that he can be the next one. Like, you know, like, LeBron is a darling. Uh, Steph is a darling. Luca is a darling. Like, there's like, you know, Luca is a different level. When you talk about the international darlings, Giannis is an international darling. It's a global game. The NBA cares about their game across continents, not just here. So they did everything they could to help that man get to the mountaintop. I think that's over. I think the next narrative, the next chapter is for the New Jersey Brooklyn nets to get to the mountaintop and for KD to get another ring for Harden to get his first ring for Kyrie to get another ring. And and I just don't see the bucks really like stand with us. They'll get, they'll get Devin back. Obviously they got their big three, but, uh, they couldn't rock with us last year, just against KD. Like they played minutes against Mike James. They played minutes against Tyler Johnson. They played, you know what I'm saying? Like they played against guys that they will not see on the on the Nets this year at all. So I'm not putting I'm not putting the Bucks up there. I think the Bucks obviously Giannis is gonna you know run through the lane and dunk on everybody. But I think at the end of it, you're gonna see Nets versus Heat, and I think that's that's gonna be the one and two seed. Bucks may be the three.
0: You. You mentioned your uh, dislike for the Knicks. Uh, what, what's the uh, what's the rivalry like for the fans there? Because it's kind of gone through a period where it started where the Knicks were kind of a little dominant, and then they got terrible, and then the Nets got really good, and then and the Knicks were bad. But now both these teams are kind of. Good. They're gonna be like top especially the Nets are gonna be top team in the East, but the Knicks are at least trying to make a move. What what's the rivalry like for the fans? Is it more getting more intense? Is it still like, eh, is corny, kind of like yeah, the Knicks are the This shit is corny, bro.
1: This shit is OD corny. Like it is <laughs> it is wild, annoying. Like the Knicks the Knicks energy is like we know y'all are better than us, but we're gonna find every other little thing. Like you'll see Knicks fans like the Knicks run the city. Knicks run New York, New York forever. And we're like, that's cool. We, we're coming from Jersey. We are the Brooklyn Nets. We used to be the New York Nets. We could have taken that name back, but we don't want to even kind of be yeah. like, y'all, like we're the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they they're, they like to say, uh, oh, the, the Nets went out and got KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and they only made it one round further than the Knicks. No, y'all only won one playoff game. Y'all won one playoff game, and we're outside chanting, we want Brooklyn. (laughs) Trey Young took offense to that. Finish your (laughs) breakfast. Handle what's in front of you first. So these Knicks fans, man, that's why I say it's it's O.D. corny because, like, Knicks fans, we just want to have a good team. We just want to win. We had plenty of seasons of turning the TV off at halftime. We had plenty, plenty of seasons of, like, knowing we were going to get smoked. Not knowing how many wins we could even kind of like looking at the schedule, like, yo, maybe we could beat the Hornets. You know, maybe we could beat the Kings. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's a bad Knicks place fans. to be. That is and a that's, bad that's, place to
2: be. That's, <laughs> you know, and that's,
1: that's like a couple years back. That's like 2018, 2017. Um, and for the Knicks, right? They, they always want to say, oh, we're rebuilding and this and that and the other. But like, they're everything that the Knicks stand on is, is empty, right? They don't have any championships that they can really claim. They don't. They don't have a, a like their best player Julius Randle. He got MIP Most Improved, but we were we were calling that missing in playoffs. I watched <laughs> all those playoff games. The dude was throwing up bricks, and he's News, the main man. one talking oh, about New York. We here. We finally here. We are gonna do it for the city. Y'all didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> meanwhile in Brooklyn, they always try and they try and compare Madison Square Garden to Barclays. You can't compare an arena that's been there for nine years to the Mecca. And we know that. We pull up to y'all arena to watch the Nets. I've been in there to watch the Nets at least two, three times in the last couple <laughs> years. It's it's cool. But you know what's not cool? Y'all taking all those L's and then thinking that, like, that gives y'all something to boast about. Oh, your attendance. Oh, we got more fans than y'all. Like, stop all that. Like, the, <laughs> Knicks, the Knicks and Nets rivalry. Like, y'all are out in Chicago, right? Yes. Yep. You can't even compare it to, like, Cubs and White Sox. Yeah, you yeah, can't even compare it to not. that. Because that, like... You know that's that's different. It's like it's just like we're up here and everybody knows we're up here, and they're down here. And what <laughs> what 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 happens is it takes time for things to change. It takes time for fan bases to build. Like I said, the Barclays Center has only been there nine years. This brand of the black and white Brooklyn Nets, like this brand, has not even been around for a decade. So there are kids that are just picking up a Nets hat after they saw KD go off last year in Game Seven. <laughs> And then over time, there will be more fans. Over time, the city will change, and you know it's going to change the city this year when they see that parade come through. We ain't had a parade out here since 2011 Giants. Yeah, so it'll be, years. It'll, be it'll be over ten years since New York has had a parade. Are you going to be out there, you know, yelling and screaming about the Knicks with KD, Kyrie, and Harden on a float, and the whole city having a blast next summer? Maybe. I expect to see plenty blue and orange jerseys. You probably see Spike Lee weird ass out there in a blue and <laughs> orange jersey repping the Knicks. Like, because that's just what they do. But we know winning cures all. We know winning silences all. And every critic that we have, like a chip is going to change everything It's going to literally change the course of, of the, the city and the sports in the city. So the rivalry is what it is. But we know we just got to win to shut everybody up.
2: So, final question. This is the best question because it's a question for you specifically. And so, what is your hottest take in regards to the Brooklyn Nets coming into this season?
1: My hottest take about the Brooklyn Nets, hmm. I mean, I don't want to – I'm trying to, like, get off Kyrie, but I have two. One, because I said this today. I was like, Kyrie had a a 50-40-90 season last year he did and people were complaining about him missing time taking time off and I'm like maybe he's got his formula down right if he had statistically Mm -hmm. one of his best years ever in the 72 game season I'd be fine with letting him take some time in the 82 game season because whenever Kyrie came back he would kill like on purpose it was like Kyrie was reading Instagram reading Twitter oh there's speculation there's speculation about me having a kid. Oh, there's speculation about me having a party with no mask. Really, it was my, my dad's birthday, my sister's birthday. Uh, the Nets, you never heard a bad word out of the Nets. But True. But a lot of the energy in New York media is coming from Knicks fans who want to poke holes in anything. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. But my first hot take is let Kyrie take as much time as he wants. If he wants to miss time as he like is seeking out an exemption for the vaccine – it's cool. Sean Marks and Josiah and Steve Nash and this organization, I feel like they planned for that. My hottest take is Patty Mills, bro. Patty Mills is a killer. He's a veteran. He's a dog. I said to someone today, if Kyrie isn't around, we're going to let that dog go. <laughs> okay. We're going to let Patty Mills go. Patty and and, and you, you're going to see a different Patty Mills over here than you saw in San Antonio. And I know when I watched him in San, San Antonio, I was like, he's a pest. I can't stand Patty Mills. Don't ever want to play against him. He's everywhere. He's making every shot. So my my hottest take is, is Patty Mills is ready to go. If Kyrie ain't ready to go, look out for Patty Mills. Patty Mills might be coming off the bench, six man of the year, getting buckets and sitting back down, chilling. Ooh. So look out for that. Look out for Kyrie to take as much time as he wants and the Brooklyn Nets to never say a word about it. Be completely fine. We know we stacked the deck. We know we we're trying to figure out who we have to cut. We got players on players on players. You know? Patty Mills is a veteran. He's trying to win a championship in Brooklyn. He came here to play with with KD. They were just in Tokyo and he he dropped 40 for Australia out there. He did my second hottest take is is watch how Patty Mills gets buckets for the Brooklyn Nets in a way that people aren't gonna be expecting at first. But if Kyrie isn't there, that opens up more room and I think Patty Mills is gonna be a real threat for us. Ooh, I like weird. It. There, there's something
0: to be said about a guy who goes kind of playing on like a mid-level team. He comes over to a really good team with a chance to win a title, and mm-hmm. you see those guys just like elevate their play all
1: the time. No pressure on him, right? Like you, you don't have to be a starter here. You can kind of sneakily come off, take your warm up off, check in, and just start <laughs> wetting the neck. Get bucket, <laughs> set the barkley center on fire and people are like yo wait that's patty mills bro that's patty mills number eight in the nets jersey he just came in and got 10 points in 10 minutes like he's yeah. going crazy it's like two minutes minute, three minutes
0: minute. <laughs> love it keith we appreciate you coming on man where uh, can people find your work where can they find you on twitter let the people know where they can find everything
1: I'm authentic real name no gimmicks it's just Keith McPherson if you Google that or you put that in any social media app I'm pretty sure I'm gonna come up there you know there's a couple others out there um, which is why my handles are set up like this it's at underscore uh, or Keith at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter but at Keith McPherson all is one thing on Instagram and then talking Nets I led this podcast off saying we're suspended right now on Twitter but we have a backup account that we just made so. The two accounts are at Talking Nets and at Talking Nets World. Um, I'm, I'm literally talking to someone on Twitter. I was just talking to someone at Twitter before I got on to, like, try and get that fixed. So Talking Nets will be back. Look up Talking Nets. It's our Brooklyn Nets podcast. It's on YouTube. Um, it's on wherever you get your podcasts. We have a Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, search John Boy Media. John Boy Media is a parent company. I'm sure if you are ever on YouTube looking at sports, you've probably seen a John Boy Breakdown and uh we're located in the Bronx right by Yankee Stadium, and we're just a collection of fans and content creators and podcasters and video editors and people that try to create this, like, fan media that exists now because, you know, you can't rely on Center or ESPN to really talk that talk. We got a bunch of, you know, young guys that do what I do, and uh we're making a wave out here. So check us out.
2: All, All right, well. Keith. All right, man. We appreciate you joining us. We definitely do, man. Appreciate it.
0: All right, we appreciate Keith coming on. Lots of fun to talk to him. And uh, Zach, I, I, I don't think he likes the New York Knicks.
2: Not at all. Not really rocking with the New York Knicks.
0: <laughs> Not at all. I respect it. I've I don't. I've never really heard a Mets fan talk that passionately about their dislike for the Knicks. So that's great. I, I, yeah. I love that rivalry. I mean, it needs to be a rivalry. And both these teams are going to be, I mean, one's going to be really good. One's going to be pretty good. Should be fun in New York to see these teams fight.
2: And what's funny about it the most <laughs> with Keith is how he emphasized like how trash their fan base is. <laughs> he just yes. doesn't really you gotta rock. throw him under the bus. And I love it. He doesn't it. really rock with the New York Knicks fan base. And he's he ain't really rocking with uh <laughs> with Spike Lee either. So no. it's all it's all fun. And, it, and I I will say this. He may be right with the parade scenario. He may be right. think so? (laughs) Yeah, he may be right. I think all the Knicks fans may, you know, come on, kumbaya, if the (laughs) uh, Brooklyn Nets win a championship.
0: I love it. Well, we appreciate him coming on, talking Nets basketball. And next week, we're excited. Think We're doing something.
2: We are doing the Boston Celtics and you know me, what did I've been saying over the summer? I don't know if they're going to be as good as they've been the past few years. And so we're going to see if Amina Smith the team reporter out there for NBC Boston, she will be joining us on the next episode of the points in the paint podcast. So definitely looking forward to that. Now, we're going to have to say this one last time. Well, not one last time. But we're going to have to say this one time on the podcast. Make sure you call. The voicemail line. Oh, yeah. Link us a (laughs) message. points in the paint podcast. Link us a message. 773-273-9088. The season is getting closer. It's getting, you know, preseason is amongst us, you know, just a little over a week. And so you want to do that again. 773-273-9088. Your hottest take. Now, that's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. We appreciate all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review the Points in the Pay podcast. Give us five stars, never four stars. Make sure if you want to make you some money, listen and subscribe to Sharp Lessons with my main man, Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson, giving out their latest picks and hot picks for the week during this college football and NFL season and basketball is getting closer so you want to stay tuned for those as well make sure you listen to the Tape Don't Lie podcast with Michael Felder they come out every week great guests joining him to dissect all the ins and outs of football and you will hear from us Zach Bowserhouse and Ben Wittenstein next week on Place in the Paint